This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, Robin's Review. And on the day that we paid tribute to a Bristol City legend in Chris Garland, there was a palpable feel of optimism around Ashton Gate. The sun eventually shone, as is almost a first game tradition, but it was a first half of little opportunity and a second half fast out of the blocks, but Preston spoiled our celebrations with a late equaliser. Matt is with me as always. Matt, a new season, a new era of optimism, and it's a point on the board. Yeah, I think it probably because of the preseason we've had, the signings we had, um, I think everybody probably just expected us to roll Preston over. But I think it just highlighted again, like we all know, how difficult the championship is. Um, and we will obviously talk about the game in, and, you know, it, it, it wasn't the best of games. But looking on the positives, it's a point more than we had at the start of last season. So um, there's signs, you know, obviously room for improvement. We know we've got players to come back in. Um, so, yeah, it's not all doom and gloom. But I think because of the optimism, that's why there was probably a fair degree of uh, negativity as I was kind of walking out and listening to other fans. Yeah. Yeah. Deflation. Um, <laughs> well, we always start these podcasts with our talk club check in. And I wear my T-shirt, Matt. Very nice. Yeah. How are you out of 10? So uh, we'll start off with you, Matt. Um, how are you out of 10 this morning? So even though um, I was disappointed with the the, the game yesterday, um, I'm still an eight. Um, and I was talking to, to Trino, you know, sits next to me. And both of us were saying just how much football and, and actually Bristol City rather than football um, makes to our mental health. Um, and just being there yesterday again, just you know it makes you feel that much better doesn't it so yeah I'm, even though as i say it wasn't the greatest I'm, I'm still an eight i think this morning yeah i think i'll join you on an eight as well just back off a two-week holiday and i was desperate to get home to come and watch bristol city play and mm. and uh yeah just get back in amongst ashton gate and... well you've missed the, the friendlies haven't you because of not being there and yeah, yeah so yeah. I, I was uh sat on my uh my cruise balcony watching the uh the friendly yeah <laughs> Um, with Sardinia in the background, but uh, rather than rather than being out in the sunshine, I was sat in a in a room watching the friendly. So I oh, managed to go. watch that Commitment. one at least. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, it was great. The Portsmouth game, um, right? So uh, we'll we'll bring in our our guest uh, to find out how he is out of ten this morning. That's Brian Tinian. Brian, how are you out of ten? Um, probably about <laughs> a six this morning, I'd say. To be honest, um, right? As you say, such the the optimism of yesterday, the sold out stadium, you know. Um, we wanted to win the game, really, and we yeah. wanted to put on a performance so the fans could um, to go away really happy. And it was it was a little bit disappointing in the end, especially scoring so late. Mm. Um, and when we scored that goal just after half time, you think, "Go on, then can we put these to bed?" Sort of thing. And it didn't quite happen for us. In fact, they got better actually when we scored. If I'm honest, they did. yeah, because Max never had a save in the first half, and then when we scored, they all of a sudden come alive and. And to be fair, they probably deserved the draw in the end with their with the chances they created. Yeah, yeah. no, 
absolutely. Uh, well, yeah, massive thanks, Brian, for coming on the first uh, podcast of the season. Before we get stuck into the, the team lineup and the minutes, etc., just a few quick uh, bits of admin. So obviously we have to wish Tommy Conway, Matt, a, a happy 21st birthday today. Yep. Um, and also Harry Harry Dolman was born on this day in 1897, engineer, right. entrepreneur, chairman, president, and a man who did so much for Bristol City Football Club over a period of 38 years. So, um, so yeah, that was uh, something I just wanted to to say. And also um, touching on Chris Garland as well. So yesterday there was fantastic tribute. There was lots going on um, in the lounges all about Chris Garland. Great to see Roger Malone back at Ashton Gate. And we not had, changed a bit, Patch. <laughs> uh, he looks great for 90 plus. I'm not quite sure how old he is. Why? But um, yeah, we had the the flashback for the fans with him and Chris Garland up on the TV and he was sort yeah. of stood there watching it. And yeah, that was a, a nice little moment, but uh, yeah, he's looking great and, and he's ho- happy to come on the podcast as well. So uh, excellent. We'll get him on in the near future. Um, yeah. But yeah, the tributes before the game, the presentation at quarter to three, Matt, and then the, the, the minutes applause just before the game um, was fantastic. Shows how much Chris Garland meant to Bristol city. Um, and yeah, to see his family there um, and the tributes and, you know, I'm privileged to, to see how much work goes into making that kind of thing happen. So, yeah, it was great to see. And, and you know, lot, lots of fans who sit around me are of an era that remember Chris. So it was, yeah, quite rightly to pay that, that fitting tribute to him. Well, I've actually managed to get a couple of interviews with play- people who played with him. So I'm going to play them for you guys now. Um, and you can listen in and see what Chris Garland meant to so many. Okay, so I'm here with Jeff Merrick. And Jeff, just tell us, uh, the listeners, what sort of player Chris Garland was. Well, I think for the time, he was a um, very modern player. He would have fitted into football these days. He was, he was very quick. Um, he was very, very tough. Um, great tackler. He did an amazing amount of running around and working and um, on top of that, a pretty good goal scorer as well. So I think probably now he would have been worth something like 38, 39, 40 million or something like that, you know. So. Well, the fact that he went to Chelsea for 100,000 in the 70s, that's big money. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he probably went to Chelsea when they were slightly in demise. They. He'd had such a good run and won so many things that when he went there, lots of the players um, had either moved on or <laughs> maybe lost a bit of interest. But Chris showed up as a great player, and I think um, by the time he left Chelsea, he was a ma- massive star there, and all the fans loved him. Mm, brilliant. Now, I know this obviously today is a very emotional day for you. Chris obviously meant so much to you. Just explain that relationship that you had with Chris Garland. Oh, impossible. It's impossible to um, explain that relationship. I and mean, we've been mates for 60 years and <clears throat> he's, um, he's always made me laugh. He's always got, always got me into trouble. His driving was absolute rubbish. <laughs> I very often saved our lives two or three times when we were on the way to a supporters club do or something like that. And, uh, mm. He'd only laugh, he'd only laugh. He had a wonderful personality and um, he loved everyone, he spoke to everyone. Um, for me, for me, I just couldn't imagine life without him. And then suddenly, 
you could say 10 years ago, we lost contact. I used to go and see him, but he didn't know me. Mm. So life had gone right down the drain and everything was awful. So in a way, I think it's quite a, a happy release that he's gone, but I miss him. Okay, so I'm here with Johnny Giles. Now, Johnny's just been telling me that he came through the youth team with Chris Garland. So tell us your memories of Chris and those, oh, back in those days. He was an absolute... Uh, well, for me, being a midfield player, I mean, all you had to do really is knock balls over the top and he was always on the end of them. <laughs> but his, his braveness, this is what a lot of people didn't know about Chris. He was very, very brave. Um, I mean, he was a, a handsome guy, you know. <laughs> But he could look after himself, you know. And that's, that's one thing I, I knew with Chris in the early days. And we always, like years ago, Jeff, Jeff Merrick, Chris, myself, and a few other lads, we, we used to go on holiday. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Where'd and, you go? Uh, well, we, we, I think You're we went well, Spain. <laughs> I think there's a few other places. But we used to, years ago, we used to go meet up. Um, it, was a, it was a funny situation. Chris lived in the flats, and along that moor road, there was a lad there who used to cut our hair. Right. on a Sunday and uh, after we had a haircut we used to go back to the park um, have a little game knock around and then we'd go down we all go home and we always used to meet down a place called the Wheat Sheaf okay. pub yeah. around the back of the Lecturer's House right. have a drink that was Jeff myself and then we go in the top rank oh, and right, that was okay. you know, it was <laughs> but no, it, but no, that was you know that was the thing because obviously we had our passes to go into the rank. Right, we used to get these little booklets. Okay, yeah, it was um, free entry. Free entry into yeah. the t um, top rank. Free entry into into the f um, picture houses, Odeon, mm. uh, Goldmont, uh, not Go yeah, Goldmont, yeah. Um, the Ritz Rec Cinema up in uh, North Street. Brilliant. But no, it's I mean, I've got great memories of Chris, mm. you know, and um, I hope you know the cra the crowd today. They get behind him. I played against Chris. This is this is when I was Exeter City. Okay. And we played in the I'm not sure if it was a Carling Cup or one of the cups. Um, early season down it down in Exeter, we drew one one. Came back to Ashton Gate, and uh, we we got beat four two. But Chris was playing at the front, obviously, and Mike Bolson, one of our defenders, was marking him, and he said, "I've never marked anybody like it." He said he hardly got a kick. But the running he used to do, unselfish running from here to there to get other people's in position to score, like John Galley scored a lot of goals mm. through Chris's running off the ball. And I remember one day we were at, um, we played at Eastville in a reserve game. This always stood in my mind. And they had a real strong side. Larry, Larry Taylor was one of their top goalkeepers. Stuart Taylor, Lindsay Parsons, Larry Lloyd, Phil Roberts, uh, um, Bobby Brown, Frankie Prince, they had a real strong Ray Graydon, mm. and we, we stuffed them 5 0. Brilliant. Absolutely stuffed them. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. I mean, it's great to go out and stuff well, them. Yeah. Well, yeah. Especially at Eastville. Exactly. <laughs> well, end on that. Perfect. Yes, Thanks yes. A lot. Cheers. Right, so I've got Jerry Sweeney here with me, and Jerry, obviously, many years playing with Chris Garland. Tell us about Chris and the type of player he was. Brave. He was very talented, brave, honest, always sure for the ball, great in the dressing room as well. Funny and run, always always up for a joke. Uh, smashing, he's different class, mate. Yeah, no, lovely. And today, obviously, we pay tribute to Chris Garland. We've got a sellout crowd against Preston, the team that he made his league debut against. So, you know, <laughs> written almost. But, yes. um, yeah, the, the fans will, I'm sure, pay tribute. Oh, I'm sure they will, mate. It's written in the stars, that one, is it? Mm. Uh, I'm sure 
they'll pay tribute to him because he deserves it. He was, uh, as I said before, he'd stick his head in where people were slinging boots at the ball. He'd, he'd be diving in and heading it. Brave, brave man. Yeah. And I think uh, the supporters will appreciate what he'd done for the club. Actually, well, so you're one of the Ashton Gate 8. He was one of the Ashton Gate 8. Can't do much more for the club than, than what you guys did. Well, it had to be done, didn't it? Mm. I mean, for the sake of the club and the supporters, uh, it had to be done. And we had meetings. Uh, Jeff was usually the one that organised the meetings. And it was like, speak what you want to say, everything you want to say, get it out. But there's nobody, nobody against it when, when proposals are made. What do you think of this idea? Yeah, yeah, OK, we'll go with that. And everybody stuck together and Chrissy was one as well. Okay, so I'm here with Paul Cheesley. And Paul, uh, you were injured at the time when Chris Garland was back with Bristol City. But tell us about Chris and the type of man that he was. Um, he was, he, believe it or not, he's one of those kind of unassuming players that always put his head in in a danger area, always put his foot in. Everybody said he was always on his backside, but I'll tell you what, it's because he got in where the bullets were flying all the time. And that's what I remember of him. But he's a good goal scorer as well. In terms of moments, Obviously, there are some, some memorable goals um, against Liverpool, against Manchester United to keep us in the top flight. But have you got a, a special moment in terms of Chris Garland? Well, it's probably that, I think, because he kind of saved the club from going down, in, in fairness. And um, he kind of did me out of a favour, really, because I was injured. Mm. It would, would have been great to uh, have Chris and Tom and I a good choice for Alan Dix up front, Blimey. really. Yeah, what a front three that could have been even. Ooh. In the in the modern day, obviously, we're probably playing 4-3-3 today, so uh, that front three. Yeah, it would have been quite awesome, really, because they all had a bit of ability, including myself. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, yeah, Chris was a, a different kind of player. He was an in-between kind of player for me. Not Well, Tom was different than I was. I was different than Tom, and Chris was, again, in between the two, really. Yeah, so all bringing so, something different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right, so I'm with Dave Rogers, uh, FPA ambassador. But obviously Chris Garland, great player, lots of goals for Bristol City, played also for Chelsea. Um, your favourite moment on the field then? Probably seeing him score the goals against um, uh, Man United, mm. I think. that Those goals that kept us in the that, top line. That totally stands out, yeah. Um, for the obvious reason of uh, keep, how important they were, yeah. How important they were, but it just like to have a packed house here, which I think there most certainly was for that game. And packed to, house today, but it would have been more then, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd probably touching the thirty-two thousand or something like that in those days. But to have that and to be someone like Man United to actually help us yeah. um, retain our position. Uh, probably the best right so i'm here with mick harford mick obviously chris garland had a big influence on you when you were at bristol city uh yes definitely uh i came into bristol city uh in the early 80s and uh it was a great a great group of players uh very experienced players and uh chris took me under his wing in all fairness taught me a lot about being a center forward real real lovely lovely man a gentleman uh, and just a top guy and i and i uh Got the utmost respect for him as a as a centre forward, and also as a person. And uh, I just think today uh, the football club's done an amazing uh, tribute to to Chris and his family. And uh, I'm just privileged to be here, an honour to be here to uh, to just say goodbye to him. Yeah, thank you so much for coming down. Obviously, Luton Town in the Premier League, 
you're a match, massive part of, of, of Luton Town and I understand they're off somewhere in Europe on a pre-season friendly, but you're here at Ashton Gate to pay your tribute to Chris Garland. Yes, Luton are, uh, obviously start the Premier League next week against Brighton away. They have a game today in Bochum, uh, out in Germany near Dusseldorf. But uh, I just thought it was the right thing to do to come down and meet, meet Chris's family and uh, just maybe have a little, tell them a few stories about Chris and uh, just what a legendary figure he is. And uh, it was a brilliant tribute by the fans and, uh, and the club. It was an absolutely great day. Any stories that you want to share with us here on, the, on this uh, podcast? I, I can tell you now, I can't remember last week, so I can't, I can't, I can't remember 1982, whatever year it was, 83. Yeah. But no, he was just a massive influence on me. Chris was, a, as I said earlier, he's a, he's a great guy. He was a talented footballer and he just wanted people to do well. And he tried to help young footballers, myself, who was finding a way in the game. And he, he taught me a lot of good traits and uh, I'm very, very thankful for him. Brilliant. Thanks very much. Take care. Pleasure. Pleasure. This is a message from the Bristol City Former Players Association. Throughout last season, we brought a number of ex-players back to Ashton Gate. This season, we will be commemorating some important moments in the club's history and some very important people who were part of our club. If you would like to assist with sponsorship of any of these events, please get in touch with me via email to events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk In addition, we are always on the lookout for any interesting artefacts from the club's history to add to our ever-growing Bristol City archive. Thanks for listening, and my email address again is events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk Thank you. Okay, so that's some really nice tributes there from some people who uh, who played with Chris Garland and and all, as you can tell, meant so much to him. Brian, obviously Chris Garland, massive Bristol City legend, one of the Ashton Gate Eight. Yeah, I've seen bits from his um, from the footage of him playing and and heard a lot of people talking about him. So yeah, we knew he was a he was a big big favourite here at, at Bristol City, and there was a lot of work, as you said, put in this week for the. Um, for the tributes and the stuff at the stadium yesterday was was really good and fantastic to get the the ex players back and um, the the crowd were fantastic as well so he deserved that definitely yeah. yeah absolutely good stuff right okay let's talk about the starting lineup then so it was Max O'Leary Tanner Viner Dickey and Pring James Knight Vyman Cornick Wells and Bell Matt so. A back four where there was sort of a question mark over Pring versus Roberts, and we had that sort of discussion in the wing, but he he, he went for Cam Pring. Um, in the middle, James Knight and Vyman. So, you know, Vyman coming in into the, the middle, and then Cornick, Wells, and Bell. So there was a couple of question marks, whether it was Cornick or Sykes, Wells or Conway, Pring or Roberts. But how did that go for you, Matt? Yeah, I think I said to you in, in our, our group in the week, so the, the question mark with, with Cam and with Hayden was really just the fact that Hayden had had such a really good preseason. Um, you can see the absolute quality that he's got on the ball. Um, in a number of the preseason games, he, he you know he set up one lovely ball, goal for, for Tommy Conway. Um, 
but right, rightly so, campering on the season he had last season started. So I, I, I didn't have any issue with that at all. Harry Cornick's had a good preseason, as as is Mark Sykes. Um, personally, I would have gone with Sykes. I think he gives you a little bit more in terms of quality and ball into the strikers. Um, but again, I could I could understand that. And then obviously Andy Vyman coming in for Scotty. Um, you know, I know there's been a lot of talk of aliens and stuff in the, the press this week. And so the conspiracy theories were out with Alex Scott and, you know, he wasn't playing because he's off to Bournemouth or ever, but obviously we know through your man here, Mr. Tinian, and from what Nigel said, he did have a little knock and it's got nothing to do with that. No one's met the, uh, the asking price yet. So, so Andy Vyman coming in there as well, you know, wasn't, wasn't a, a total surprise. So I think we did have some differences in what we thought, but actually I could see why, we went with the squad that we or the team that we went with. Yeah, Brian, uh, that starting lineup. Obviously, it's great that we can bring on, you know, the likes of Roberts, the likes of Sykes and Conway, who are not going to weaken the team in the slightest. Uh, so, was the thought maybe to steady the ship in the first half and then and then have a go at the second half? Well, I think as you just said, it's 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 perfectly said as well because we're trying to build a squad here where we've got two people for every position. Yep. Whoever plays keeps you really competitive in the championship. And I think when we get Cal Naismith back, when we get McCrory back, then Big Rob's back, then you've got Alex Scott back in there. I think you will have that because if you'd um if you took the two young centre halves off the bench yesterday and put Cal Naismith and Ross McCrory, I think you're looking behind you as a manager, and I know Nigel is really happy with this, that he can change. He's got nine substitutes there and he yeah. could easily change any one of them for the nine on the pitch. And that's what we're trying to get to. I know yesterday was a little bit of a disappointment, but overall, we are really, really pleased with the squad going forward. You know, it's the first game of the season. We'll get better than that. Of course we will. We'll play better than that. But then, you, as you're saying, you could have... And the conversations you were having there about the team is all the conversation that's been going on here all week. Yeah. Is it Andy? Is it is it Mametti? Is it Colnick yeah. or, or Sykes? Is it Tommy Conway or or Naki Wells? Is it Roberts or Pring? So, um, yeah, it's good that you're having the conversations because we've got a squad that can that can fight. And you're talking about people who could play. Who, when you look at the bench in a couple of weeks' time, I think you'll go well. That's a really good point, Matt. As well, isn't it? It's the team isn't picking itself. No, it's first game of the season. You've, you've obviously only got the the preseason friendlies and, and what you've seen. But as I said, I I didn't I didn't have any issue with what they went with. You know, Tommy Conway was a, a big shout. Everyone expects massive things from Tommy this year. But Naki's had a really really strong preseason as well. Tommy had a bit of a knock in in one. So again, I I could understand why that was. So uh, yeah, it's, I agree with totally what Brian says. You can see now we've got that strength in depth with the two players. Right then, let's come to the minutes. So, uh, on the ninth minute, as a minute's applause is heard around the ground for Chris Garland, uh, Naki Wells is upended in the box after a neat ball through from Cornick. He sort of knocks the ball, and is is it a more of a coming together with Liam Lindsay, Matt, than a penalty? I mean, we, we're not going to get many penalties, as we know. But, um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on that one? I'm South Stand, mate, and, and I'm sort of straight away. Stone, Stonewall, <laughs> that's a definite pen. Why is Naki, you know, he's not going down there. And then I've seen sort of comments from, from fans that are, are away abroad and watch the game saying for them that it wasn't a penalty. So I've not watched it back. I, I've only sort of saw, saw it real time and thought it was. 
But as I say, it's the other end of the pitch, so I haven't got a clear view of it. Yeah, Brian, we've learned now not to uh, cling on to these penalty shouts. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it would have been nice to get one early doors. Yeah, we did jump up. I jumped up as well, but it was, it was a bit of a distance away from me. So I, I you haven't seen it again, but yeah. it was good playing. It was looked like you, the only one thing you're thinking is Naki wouldn't go down if he could go and get the other side of a bit like the Tommy Conway one in Portsmouth last week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Running away, and you you think them strikers, them two will not go down unless there's been some contact because they're in on goal and mostly they score. So yeah, yeah, agree. Could have been, could have, could have not. Okay, twentieth minute, birthday boy Andy Vyman comes off. He was clearly trying to stay on, um, but uh, unclear why as to why Andy Vyman came off. Brian, are we any insight, or do you need to wait till Monday for some analysis? He had a bit of, a, he had a bit of an issue with his heel in the week. So um, it had been causing him a few problems. So I think, as Nice said, I think after after the game that he had an injection in his heel um, to to help him get through the game. But obviously, it flared up again in the game. So that's that is why. So yeah. I'm sure looking at how that settles down on uh, on Monday. Yeah. So so Matt, as a result of that, Joe Williams comes on, and you almost saw Knight pushed forward slightly, and Williams and James more in the holding midfield. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think actually as the game wore on. Joe was sort of pushing on as well, but yeah, that that was again like like Brian said. I guess there would have been a conversation. Does does Anis come on in that role? Um, even Tommy, to an extent, might have come into the equation because he, he certainly played that kind of Alex Scott role. Um, that shows as well what you think of Alex Scott. There, when, when you start talking about a role, he's being Alex Scott role. But um, you know, so there there would have been options there. But yeah, um, I think with the way the midfield was, bringing Joe on was probably the right thing at that time. Yeah, uh, Matt, with the formation, go on, Brian. Sykes played as an eight at Oxford quite a lot as well, you know. So that, yeah. is, a, that is another option for us where yeah, are in where if you sit James as a as a six and play two eight, then um then he's he can Sykes he can definitely play in there as well. Yeah. Uh, on the 30th minute, I'll just put a little summary of the first 30. A real game of chess so far. Both teams struggling to break each other down and no real chances to speak of, Matt, in the first 30 minutes. I don't think there was a shot at goal from either team, was there? Um, no. I think Preston are, are, are a very well-organised team um, and were, were definitely centrally. It was quite compact and we were struggling to kind of get wide, which is where the space was, and then then get forward. Numerous times, sort of, Harry or, or Sam made a run and the ball didn't come, so it just didn't keep, you know, we didn't get the width. And so... It, yeah, as you say, it was it was a little bit of a, a tactical kind of both teams really nullifying each other out to an extent, wasn't it? Yeah. Thirty seventh minute, a loose ball from Preston that Naki Wells runs onto. He whips it across to Sam Bell, but the goalkeeper spreads himself well and gives Sam little to aim for. But Brian, that was the first chance of the half. Yeah, it was. It was a great run from Naki, and it's a great ball. Um, it reminds us a little bit of the Preston goal at their place last year when. When Scotty put Naki down, yeah, yeah. ripped it in, and Belly scored at the far post. Of course, Sam yeah. because um, we've seen Sam over the last probably seven, eight years score about fifty-seven of them, <laughs> and he doesn't, he doesn't normally miss. So yeah. he'll be disappointed with that. But obviously, when we get to the second half, it doesn't stop him getting in the right position, Sam. So yeah, he'll be disappointed he hasn't scored that, but he, he wouldn't let it affect him. And obviously, he gets in the right place second half. Uh, He's Brian, been so good pre-season, Sam yeah. Bell, as well. Really yeah. good. Uh, and Brian, I know it's no surprise for you that Sam Bell is now playing first-team football and the way that he's 
come back this season. You could see him in the gym early, etc. And his pace is just going to cause so many problems, isn't it? Yeah, he was that biggest threat yesterday going forward, Sam. He was the one who was um, either going to score or create. He was a real threat. As you say, he's got pace. His attitude to work is a key thing for him. He's he's gone away, as you say, in pre-season. He's come back fitter and stronger than last season. So he, he gives himself every chance of being selected for the team. Yeah. 41st minute, free kick in from Preston is well defended by Joe Williams, flicking the ball out for a corner, which is fizzed across the face of goal, uh, go out for a goal kick. Um, Max O'Leary, Matt, on that particular occasion on a couple, uh, his goal kick finds touch, which puts Preston back in possession. Is it is it a case of he's aiming for someone in particular or, you know, is there... Yeah, something I, else? I, I think Max passes the ball he's not he's not just hoofing it into an area or and it's going to come off and it's not going to come off sometimes um you know i i, I think it's one of the key attributes of max's is distribution um and yeah yesterday as i say but <clears throat> even from where i was in the stand i actually said is, is the roof sort of leaking this season because it's the first time i could ever remember in the south stand getting wet which showed <laughs> just how the wind was kind of circling around so Good even point, that yeah. you can't necessarily see how much on that pitch level it's impacting it. But yes, interesting you say that about Joe Williams with the clearance with the header, but it was Joe that had given the free kick away that, that led to that ball. So, yeah. <laughs> so he was no, they did well. definitely wanting to get his head exactly. in. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, okay. 45, really, go on, Brian. That's a pretty good point, Mark, because I was I was in the director's box and Alex Ball was sat up there and he went down the, um, the dressing room in half-time and he said the staff were like, how windy it was down there. Yeah. You couldn't really see from up. No. Upstairs. The wind was really, really strong, and it was it was yeah. really so. It, that was a good point, and I tell you what, the lad who whipped the free kick in is it um, seven, seventeen? Right, is eight. What a player he is! Oh, yeah. What a player. yeah I, I thought he was their best player. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Great left foot, good athlete. He's gonna. You'll yeah. see him in the league very, very soon. What a player? Yeah. Yeah. Dent Magic, your Bristol-based car body repair company. Visit us at Cribs Causeway or Central Bristol, or we can even come to you with our mobile service at your home or workplace. Have you got a scuff, scratch or dent on your vehicle? Dent Magic can fix them all. If you need the magic touch for your vehicle, visit www.dentmagic.net to get your quick quote online today. Okay, 45 plus 2, City have a free kick about 30 yards out after Sam Bell managed to get a cross-in that falls loose. James takes it, but it is dealt with. And that brings us to half-time. So Rob's half-time summary is sponsored by Rob Bespoke Quizzes, creating and hosting tailor-made quizzes suitable for any occasion through end-to-end consultation that considers themes, content, style, difficulty and size. Our Bespoke Quizzes seek to deliver a unique and fun experience that designed for your audience. You can find out more about them on Facebook. And yes, that is Rob Blamey's quizzes business, Matt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> as, as he does the halftime summaries we'll, for we'll us. We'll also say every get podcast. Well, get well soon to him as well, because I know he, he came down with COVID, didn't he? And so I had yeah. to watch it. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Right. So his summary is a new season, but excitement levels 
pretty quickly dissipated. Not much to write home about from either side. From our perspective, we haven't really got going. Careless passes and not much control in the engine room. On the rare occasion, we did get through with a good square pass to Bell on the box. The finish was not clinical enough. Overall, it felt more like an end-of-season game between two mid-table sides rather than a lively opener between sides aiming for promotion. Need more tempo and fluidity in the second half. Any comment on that, Brian? Yeah, I've just gone down to a four. <laughs> I thought I felt crap. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a game where not a lot happened, was it? If you take Sam Bell's chance out of the game, there's there's absolutely yeah. a couple of a free kick, a left footed free kick, a corner for them, and Sam's chance was about was about it really. I think it's because over the years, first home game of the season, Matt, we've we, we've almost come used to glorious weather. Out and out football, um, and just the, the when you've built yourself up to such a a for a furore of missing football so much, you just quickly just think, oh, okay, yeah, you, <laughs> you expect that that open, entertaining game, don't you? And we've seen you know so many of those down the years. Um, and you look at some of the other results yesterday; there were plenty of those types of games yesterday. But I think it goes back to what we said. I think both teams tactically just cancelled each other out and yes I, I do agree with Rob in terms of you know there were a lot of misplaced passes and, and that then you know caused its own problems but yeah it's um I, I get the sentiment from what Rob's saying there yeah well, the statistics, easy for me to say. That's easy for you to say, yeah. Yeah, 52% possession for City, one shot to zero, one shot on target to zero, uh, one corner for Preston, um, and yeah, three fouls for us, six fouls for them. So, yeah, yeah uh, an interesting half. Let's leave it at that. One but thing I, just to say on that is an interesting half and the clock stopped when it yes. should have carried on. Yes, and it was the same at the end of the game. So I don't know if that's something that I don't know if um, our technical doesn't allow that because we've got version well, six I, windows rather than what. I don't but, think yeah. uh, I don't think it's Brian's department, but we'll certainly no, 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 absolutely, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's <laughs> yeah. definitely something that we were all kind of you know you saw it on the game before. I was surprised as well. Was it six minutes injury time the first yeah. half? Uh, no, three, uh, three, three, and six yeah. in the second half. Yeah, and then the, the the game on the night South um, Southampton Chef Wednesday was a lot more. So again, I don't know. I think that's as a result of one shot on target and probably uh, one yeah, corner. Yeah, to yeah, be honest, yeah, good shout. Yeah, um, I would say the, the good thing about that is defensively, I thought Dicky and Viner looked really good. Together. Really good. Yeah, they I, did. That looked a partnership because, to be fair, the uh, Nice in, in pre-season has split them up, so yeah. they've played games so they get their minutes. Uh, Dicky's played with um, young Jamie Knight and Bell and Raff a lot. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that looked a partnership. That could yeah, agree. To be honest, if there was a positive, that and and Sam Bell was probably the the positive in that first half. Yeah, dead right. Good stuff. Right, forty seventh minute, a long throw from Harry Cornick, flicked on by Naki Wells, hits the post. Sorry, flicked on Naki Wells, then hits the post, and then Sam Bell tucks in the rebound. And Matt, he only had a little gap to aim for, and on this occasion, he found it. I, I mean, he he could have smashed it. Um, you know, but but yeah, passes it into the net, doesn't he? And into that that sort of far corner where the defender isn't there. I thought Naki um, will probably be disappointed that he didn't score. But when you watch back, the keeper makes a really good save, and Naki sort of drove it into the ground. So, but who knew Harry Cornick had a long throw on him as well? Um, I was going to ask uh, Mr. You know, Tinian about yeah. that. It's not, not. I'm pretty sure it's, it's not something we've seen before. Obviously, we've seen it from Callas over the last few seasons. Yeah. But uh, is that something Cornick's developed, or has he ha always had that in his locker? 
Well, I think he's always had that. And I think um, over the last few weeks in training, we've seen it quite a bit. So they've been working on that long throw. Dickie's a big boy. Yeah. So Dick, you know, Dickie's 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, so he should be a real threat for us at, um, at set place. So the more balls we can get in that in that box towards him and, and exactly what we're looking for there, he's going to make it uncomfortable for the centre-halves. It's yeah. going to drop away. And then, then can we have the bodies round it? Naki's technique was really good. And then Sam's in a good position there to just to just fire it in. So, yeah, I think we'll see quite a bit, a bit of that and it'll cause people problems. Yeah. And would that have been the message at halftime to to go out all guns blazing and try and create those opportunities straight away after the after halftime? They played quite narrow because they played with wing-backs. So we should have, I think we should have, and I'm sure Nigel's is the same, I haven't spoke to him, we should have tried to get the two V1s in the wide areas better. So I think belly and um, corner were key to get the ball too early, and then we needed Pringy and George Tanner to then go and join in with with our wide attackers because they they had Potts and um, Best, the wing backs. So we theoretically, when we got it, could we get it wide to them and get two v ones on the outside? Which I did, I can't remember Cam Pring going on the outside that often, and I can't remember George Tanner going on the outside of Cornick too often. So I think that at half time was. Um, I think mentioned that we can we get the two v ones on the outside and get the ball wide where we can get one v ones. And Matt, that caught a lot of people out that goal, didn't it? There was some people still coming back from the concourse, the lane. Probably it was that it, it it was that early. Yeah, I mean, I'm you know, I'm one of those that I don't I don't go down at halftime because I want to make sure I'm there for the start. But yeah, there were a fair few that that kind of missed it. And great to see Sam. I mean, he's celebs. He is just a lad. You know that loves the club, scores a goal like that, and yeah, it was brilliant to see. Um, I think uh, I think uh, one of the lads watching it on Robin's TV abroad said that um, Rob Atkinson even missed it because he was in the in the toilet was he? <laughs> along with Mickey Bell. Oh right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not together, so that was, but uh, Mickey. That was, that was some conversation now. Rob playing in the first half. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, into the 52nd minute then. A chance for Preston is well gathered by Max O'Leary after a shot from the edge of the box. And watching that one back, Matt, there was a deflection from Zach Viner. So so Max great did really challenge. well to make that uh, to make that save and also a great challenge from Zach. Yeah, again, far end. I don't know if it was Brang for them um, that, that took the shot. But yeah, it was when you, when you watched it, it seemed to open up and then Zach comes across... Um, Zach Viner was outstanding yesterday. I thought I thought he was really, really good. Yeah, the partnership. I agree with with Brian with with um, with Dicky, but um, I I hope now we talk about Zach Viner as Zach Viner, the outstanding player that he is, and we don't reference you know last season and he was going and everything else in the lungs. Zach Viner is in this team absolutely on merit, and yesterday was head and shoulders man of the match for me. Yeah, Brian. Obviously, yeah, that that great. Great from Zach and from Max. And on the Max yeah. side of things, uh, as that was his first save to make, you as a goalkeeper, you've 52nd minute, you know, you've you've got to be ready for that. Yeah. Yes, yeah, for goalkeepers, isn't it? You have to be all the time. Something could happen at any point. And as you say, up to the 52nd minute, he's virtually had nothing to do. So um to make that save was really important. And it's all about concentration and waiting and making sure you're ready as a goalkeeper to, to make that save when it comes along. That's that's what they're so important for. Yeah. 58th minute, I've got um, Best was in acres of space over on the left and the cross comes in from Best as he's found. And then that, 
that causes Preston obviously to hit the post and a, a great opportunity for Preston, Matt. But uh, yeah, Best was in, in a lot of space. I think that was Brown again with the shot. But yeah, I, I, he, he was just a really, really quality player. Um, and they, they, I think Brian said it earlier on, our goal seemed to spark them more into life. And they then, I'm not, I'm not saying the same as us. I don't think any team necessarily goes and settles for a point and that's what you're going for an outset. But the first half felt like they were okay with the way the game was. In, but as soon as we scored, they they were on the front foot and they got Brown involved an awful lot. Best was getting wide and, and actually getting forward. Um, so, yeah, it was um, it was a good move in. Mac, I mean, Max just literally watched it, didn't he? He was never going to get there. So we were really fortunate with that one. Brian, with Best in so much space over on the left, was that a case of, of, of Tanner getting pulled inside to cover off someone else because Preston yeah. were on the attack? Yeah, I think he, he, we've got corner. As I said, we've got two against one on that side, so so best really shouldn't have that that yeah. space time to deliver. If I'm honest, and I think uh, probably a bit of communication between the t- the two lads on the right hand side would probably stop that and, and get people a bit closer. But I think we could have done yesterday in, in listening because they were so ineffective and didn't hurt us going forward. We could have done with scoring that our goal in the 86th minute, yeah, instead of the 46 because it. Definitely kicked them to life, and they were like yeah. a different. It was like the shackles were off. We have to go and make this happen now. We can't just sit back because we we'll lose the game. And it was a different Preston after that. I thought, yeah, right. Joe Williams sets Sam Bell away, who carries the ball forward, gets some great great yardage, um, and gets the cross away. But unfortunately, that comes to nothing. But Brian, we, we we've seen it so many times now in 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 not that many games, to be fair for Sam Bell. But he does create so much space for himself, and then carries the ball forward. And you know, in sort of rugby terms and American football terms, he he gets that yardage, doesn't he? Yeah, well, he's our ball carrier because when we lost Antoine in January last year, Antoine was our ball carrier, and that's why we um, we brought Mametti in as well because he's a, he's a carrier of the ball. So Sam has got um, great ability; he can go inside, he can go out, he can finish inside, and also finish on the outside with his left. So yeah, his his pace is is you know a lot of fullbacks in this league will not live with Sam Bell and that pace. Yeah, he was he was a real threat yesterday. And Matt, that gets us off our seats as fans, doesn't it? Seeing a player carry the ball, knock it past someone, and then there's nothing better than seeing your player overtake an, an opposition player. And and always the fact that he's a local lad as well, come up through the academy, adds that extra to it. I, I thought there was one, it might have been that one, but there was another one, um, if not, where he went through and I thought Potts was a little bit lucky with the challenge. I thought he caught Sam in and Sam went down, but he's he's got an un- unbelievable engine. Um, and keeps going and keeps going. He's like a Jack Russell. He's just so infectious to have the ball and run, isn't he? So, yeah, again, going to be a a massive player for us this season. 64th minute, great tackle from Joe Williams, who does just enough to put off the Preston striker from getting his shot away. Um, And Matt, with Joe Williams coming into the game so early, obviously he had to be ready to come on. And I thought thought he had a really good showing yesterday. Yeah, I did. I did. And I know... I've seen a, a few sort of fans different comments with with Joe, but I thought he was trying to get on the front foot. I thought he was his his normal sort of beaverish self in there, and he's probably certainly in that team yesterday. He's he's the one kind of aggressive player that we've got in the middle there. That you know he's going to put his foot in. He's going to you know, do some of the, the the dark arts as well. That one when I watched it back, I was thinking, oh, you know, 
on another day, another ref might have thought he was kind of taking his leg away a little bit. But to, to be here in the challenge, I, I thought Joe had a decent run out yesterday. Yeah, I did. Hmm. Then we have a change. Brian on the 70th minute. Sykes and Conway uh, coming on for Cornick and Wells. So we talked about that at the very start, that um, ability to bring on um, you know such great players. And, you know, Naki Wells never likes to come off. You can see it in his face from from miles away that he doesn't like to come off. But 70th minute, it's a, it's a chance to sort of freshen things up. Yeah, I think we're going to see that a lot. Whoever starts the game will probably get 60 to 70 minutes and then the fresh boys will come on. Um, I think it's part of the game now. I think a lot yeah. of do it. I was looking at the other games when I got home last night and a lot of subs were like three, four, five subs at 60, 70 minutes to, to give you that that energy again to go again. So I think we're going to see it a lot. I think our five subs are going to be vital to us this mm-hmm. season. And as we talked at the beginning, the, the quality should be there and is there to, to bring them on. And if somebody's not quite at it that day, we'll make your team better on that day. So I think as the season goes on and the games get going and the lads get really at it, I think it's going to be a real weapon for us. Yeah, and Matt, obviously at the start of the game when the, the, the team sheet is pinned up on the notice board, um, obviously there would have been disappointment from Sykes and Conway, but coming on, they've got that point to prove. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, I, I don't obviously know either of them sort of well or anything, but with, with Tommy, I just know that his attitude is disappointment, absolutely, but fully behind Naki and knows that when he gets on the pitch, he's got to try and make it happen himself. So that's what makes great players great when you know they they take that disappointment they, but they take it in the way of driving them when they get on the pitch to try and make that difference so um it again goes back to what we've all been crying out for years and everything that Brian said you want those two for every position and when things aren't working you know you want to be able to turn around and go right get your you know your, your top off you're coming on sort of thing but I like you I love Naki Wells when he comes off because it's <laughs> I don't <laughs> I bet he's got no pets because <laughs> it's just <laughs> the proverbial isn't it he must yeah um but nice to see Nigel put his arm around him and yeah, yeah. um yeah, he's, he's a three this morning yeah he's a Naki. sorry Brian I missed that <laughs> he'll be a three this morning <laughs> <laughs> yeah he will yeah 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 well, that's good. good yeah of course it is you want yeah. people like that. You want them not to be happy that they're, they're coming off, but yeah. appreciate the fact that Tommy Conway's coming on to try and win you the game or or do yeah. something. Yeah. 77th minute, neat one-two between Sykes and Conway. Um, but Conway's shot was just impeded, Brian, when he tried to get that one away. Yeah, it was a good play. There was a good like one-twos and we, we looked sharp in that final third. And um, uh, you're thinking when it drops to Tommy all the time, aren't you? You're thinking he'll score. You know, he needs one chance. He's a bit like Belly. They're both Brilliant finishers. Mm-hmm. And you watch training and Naki and Tommy and Belly, they're, they're outstanding finishers when they got the opportunities. And um, you just want one to drop with Tommy. And the lad did well there just to get a get a little block in. Yeah. Was that the um, the Zach Viner? Yeah. Was involved as well in that, wasn't it? Zach who sort of bombed forward. Yeah. 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 As you said, I agree with you. Zach yesterday when he was, he was stepping in with it. Yeah. Defending, he was knocking people out of the way. He looked like a... He looked like an absolute animal yesterday. Yeah, he did. He looked yeah. fun. Yeah, great to see that he's carried that over from last season. Uh, right, 85th minute. It's a clear handball for me in the build-up from Frockyar. Uh, but Preston managed to engineer a shot after a bit of pinball with his back to goal. Will Keane swivels and shoots. And it's that it's 1-1, Matt. And it's that sucker punch that we desperately didn't want on the opening day of the season. Yeah, I mean, I think... 
it, it stemmed from a, a poor ball from Matty James into Tommy Conway um, and the defender stepped in front and then literally the ball gets forward, it comes across. As a fan, you think we should be dealing with that. Um, yes, I think it does strike the lad's arm as the ball drops, but Keane shouldn't be afforded that kind of time to be able to take two, three, four touches, swivel and hit it. Max has got no chance with where it is. Um and he's a good player, Keane, at this level. He, he he will get those sort of goals. Um, but yeah, it was it was disappointing. But for me, stemmed from a, a a pretty poor ball from Matty James up to Tommy Conway. Yeah, Brian, a real sucker punch to concede five minutes from the end. Um, but yeah, is it one we should should clear? Yeah, I think we should defend it better. And, and the lads will be disappointed because they've they've put the bodies on the line for for most of the games. The defensive lads, to be honest, and uh, yeah. I just talked about this quite a lot in pre-season. Can we win the games where we're not at our best? And that was a perfect game yesterday. Yeah, to walk away with a 1-0. Were we at our best? No. Do we know we can play better? Of course we do. We will get better. It's the first game of the season. And mm-hmm. uh, we, we really should be walking. That was my biggest frustration walking away was, could we walk away with a 1-0 win? Everybody say we can play better, but we've won the game. Because they're the they're the most important ones. And when I was playing, they were the most important. Because when you play really well, the games look after themselves. Because you play well and you blow people away. But them games yesterday make the difference between... I bet there's loads of teams won 1-0 yesterday and not played great. Yeah. In every division. And it's what they say, Brian, isn't it? A sign of a good team is a team that wins but not playing well. You know, and that's... If you're going to be successful... You, you have to do that and yeah Nigel, Nigel said that plenty of times and yeah. it was it was close to doing that no one can deny Preston deserves something out of the game no. um, on the second half show in particular but yeah you know we, but, but how many games are we going to go this season where we don't get anything when we should get something yeah yeah, yeah. and that's probably the opposition winning a game that they've not been great uh, absolutely but we, we're like oh we were better than them today but we haven't so we've yeah. got a, a little bit of edge where one nils one being great but we win the game I think they're the ones. Absolutely. Yeah, then there was a substitution which was looked to be planned before the goal went in, Matt, and it was King and Mametti coming on for Knight and Bell. Um, your thoughts on that one? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess, and, and being completely open, um, I don't see us then winning the game when Andy King comes on in, into that position. I, I genuinely see Andy Moore as a... If we were at 1-0... I would have seen Andy King coming on then and steadying the ship. I don't see when it's 1-1 and we want to try and win it, that that's going to make the change. I think with Jason Knight, I've been really, really impressed with him in pre-season. Um, and I hope that a lot of fans, obviously, that you're not going to take yesterday, but um, it's a step up for him. And so I think he's going to have realised yesterday, actually, yeah, the championship, I know he's played there as well, but it, it's, it still moves on season on season. Um, he still showed a lot of good things yesterday, I thought. Um but yeah, that that change. I'm not sure what else he could have done. In all honesty, I don't know who else I, was on I, there that could have changed it. I just felt that's the one area that when you get a Naismith, McCrory, that's the difference for me in that in that instance. Was there maybe an opportunity there, Brian, to to bring Roberts on and and to to go at them for the last five plus? Yeah, potentially. Yeah, Roberts can play in there as well, to be honest, because he's he's a real technician. But yeah. he's been really good in preseason, to be honest. I think he's played really well. He's he's he hasn't missed a day's training for thirty-four years of age. He's yeah. fit middle. Knight's first game in the championship for a couple of years and he works his socks off night. He'll be much better than that. And the the fans will see a really good player in him. Yeah. Um 
but yeah, they were they were just trying to probably just find a little way to get something to happen. And um, mm. Alice, to be honest, Alice's first ball in the box was an absolute beauty of a cross. It was, yeah. The lad just got his um, got his head on it before Tommy. So yeah, you can see the substitutions, and they're just trying to probably get a little bit of a grip of the game again. And Andy King's experience might have just got that to to give us an opportunity to go forward and get a get another goal. Yeah, great point. I I, I haven't seen. Uh, a player like Mametti, the way that he delivers the ball with such, which such as like a, a snap, if that makes yeah. sense. He, yeah. it, you can, you don't always see the cross coming, which is obviously makes that difficult for defenders. I mean, a little bit like Nicolaisen a few years back, Brian. Yeah, no, definitely. He's a really, he's just got to get a little bit of consistency, Alice. I think that's all it is. He's a, if you're bringing Sam Beloff and putting Alice Mametti as a fullback, it, it must be an absolute nightmare because mm. Belly's you Mehmet's gonna skill you with his with his quality on the ball and he's he can go left and right. So I think that that competition on that side is really good and really strong. So I think we'll see a lot of that where where Alice and Belly, if Belly because Belly runs so much, his his running stats are out of the out of the world, to be honest. Up sprint distance and everything. So at some point he's gonna have to probably come off and Alice is gonna go on and give the full back, the same problems, but different. If, if yeah. you stand, then Sam will run past you, Alice will dribble past you with the ball. And, but they're both ball carriers, which that's their strength. So it's a, it's a good strength on that side, I think. Well, it's it's a great point um, that they offer something different. And Matt, last season, you, you made several references to, well, why don't, if they offer something different, why don't we switch them over and give the other full back on the other side something different to think about? Yeah, I think when it, when the games are, are, are tight and um, there's not much in it, then yeah, swap swapping things around and just letting them think. Anis Mametti, I'm I'm not sure he even knows what he's going to do sometimes. Um, <laughs> you know, he's he's just one of those mercurial sort of players, isn't he? Um, and like Brian said, that first ball in was brilliant. Then he had a left footed one right at the end that kind of flew out. But he's trying to get on the front foot. And in, interestingly, Cam actually went behind, beyond him a couple of times. Their sort of partnership was a little bit different. And again, maybe because of the, the end of the game. And so he's he's pushing forward. But you want to see Cam doing that with Belly in the first half and early in the game. Um, but yeah, I, re- I really like Anis. I, I totally get what Brian's saying with consistency. And he looks like a lad that, not, not low on confidence, but just needs that little bit of a run, you know, maybe a, a couple of goals. And then you'll see what he's all about. Because you, you can see the undoubted talent that he's got. Okay, so six minutes of injury time, um, and the, the there was no more opportunities to speak of, really. Um, so it was it was one one, first point on the board, as you say, Matt. That's um one more than this time last season. Uh, but in terms of ratings, talk us through what your yeah. thoughts. Okay. Um. So I've gone six for Max. Um, I know a few people were saying about his distribution, but exactly like I said about the the weather, I just think he, he didn't have a lot to do. For me, he came for you know the crosses I'd expected to come through. He looks to distribute it really early. So yeah, no, no issue from that. Um, both both wing backs, Cam and George, I went fives for. Um, I've, I can't recall a game where I felt Cam was as ineffectual as he was yesterday. We all know what an unbelievable player he is. You know, there's been lots of talk in the press that I'm sure Prem teams are looking at him. Um, but yeah, he just didn't get um, didn't get beyond enough and show what he's capable of. I mean, towards the end of last season, I always felt he was very much like 
um, Joe in his pomp or Jay when he was on the ball. He was quick-footed. Quick-footed. He was getting in the area. And you felt we were going to get pens every time Cam went into the penalty area. Didn't really see that yesterday. And George, um, George is kind of Mr. Steady. You kind of know what you're going to get with him, but I do want to see him this season in particular going beyond and being more of an attacking um, you know, giving more offensively than defensively. So, yeah, so for both of those, I went fives. Brian, on that, on those two, both of them have got players breathing down their neck in Roberts and McCrory when he's coming back. So is there almost a case of not wanting to make a mistake? Yeah, maybe. And they're all very different. I think Ross McCrory, as you're saying there about attack in this space, McCrory's a galloper. He will yeah. run the length of the pitch with the ball. So that space that George had yesterday and maybe didn't take that space enough and go and Ross McCroy will drive in that space. And he, he, you know, the pringy runs where he gets running and all the crowd go. You'll see that on the right with Ross. And yeah. Roberts is a bit of a technician and he's probably got a little bit maybe better technique than pringy in delivery. So they're all they're all different. So it will be real competition. Two centre halves for me were, were the, the best city players on the pitch. I thought um Rob Dickey for his first game. Um he, he won a lot of those first ball headers, probably the like of which we haven't seen since Flinty could kind of go in and doing that. Um, again, with the goal, puts himself about at the other end. Um, so I went seven for Rob and Zach, I went eight. I, I just thought Zach was was really good. I mean, I didn't I didn't kind of go beyond that because I didn't think Preston were, were hugely threatening. I don't... I, it's one game. I don't. Well, you see need Preston... a clean sheet to get any more. Yeah, than eight. exactly. And I, and I don't see Preston being a team that are going to be in and around the top six. I'm, I might be completely wrong, but I, I think they'll be a well organised. I don't think they'll struggle. But um, so yeah. But I, I thought Zach. I talked about it again in, in our group. I, I thought from a leadership point of view yesterday, there were a little bit of moments where it needed someone to to stand up, and I thought Zach did that. I, it was almost a captain's performance for me yesterday with Zach. I thought he was he was really, really good. Um, so, yeah, credit to him. Um, midfield, I'll give Preston credit because I think, as I say, the, the sort of central channels, they seem to block it off. And, you know, we did the space was out wide, but then we weren't finding that space. I didn't think we moved it quickly enough. I thought we were a little bit slow in there at times. So for, for Matty, I went five. And for Jason, I went five. Um, Joe, I went six because I did think Joe Williams did come on and try and do that. Certainly in the second half, there were a number of times where he won the ball. And again, it was the, the wind seemed to sort of stop him being ready to take it forward, as, as sort of stupid as that sounds. But um, I thought Joe was probably the pick of those for, for, for me. Um, but it's it's the one area, and again, when, when Carl Naismith's back in, you know, with Ross being able to play there, that's still the area for me. Um, and especially if Alex does go, the creativity in there, I think that's the bit that, that I look at and think, yeah, have, have we got enough in there from a creative point of view? Um, and then in terms of sort of moving forward, Harry Cornick, I went five. I thought Harry made a couple of good runs and didn't get the ball, but again, influencing on the game. He's quite a, a physically imposing kind of lad as well. And I don't know if he puts himself about enough with that, but um, I went five for him. Sam Bell, I went seven, and Naki, I went six. I thought Sam, again, was was the pick from a, an offensive point of view. Hmm. Brian, with, with Harry Cornick, in terms of his best position, playing yeah. currently, um, you know, right of uh, a three and, and then the one in, in front, is that is that his best position? Or is he better up front with a, with a big man? 
But I think he's played a lot of Luton on that right hand side. I think he he needs he's a runner, Harry. He's a runner who'll who'll constantly run and he'll cause people problems running. And I think they played a little bit. I think Knight uh, spoke about it after his after the game in his press conference. They they denied us the space a little bit in behind because yeah. they know we've got pace. They know we want to play quickly and in behind opposition to hurt them. Um, Belly did it a couple of times because he's he's quick, quick. But I think they did play, their back three were were quite deep and they stopped the spaces for Harry to run in behind and, and Naki didn't get much space apart from the cross for Sam to get in behind. So we did. And we're going to have to find a way of when teams do sit a little bit deeper and we've just talked about it, the creativity and the, who's going to be the one who makes it happen. Is it Anas? Is it Sykes? Is it, is it someone like that? Is it Tommy Conway coming on? So teams are not if they've got any sense, they're not going to give us too much space in behind because yeah. we'll really hurt them. And Harry is a runner and he'll run and he'll run and he'll run. But we, he didn't get that real chance. He had won the first, I think it might have been the five minutes when the, the lad slid across and he, he should have just clipped it over his leg. Yeah. I think Naki put him in and that was his real chance um, to get yeah. behind. Yes. Yeah, he's a runner and he, he'll, he'll, he'll be effective for us. He'll, 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 he'll help games. He'll help us win games. And um, he, I think he's had a decent preseason, Harry. And he'll yeah, he has. Yeah, he'll get goals for us, and he'll, he'll cause problems as the season goes ahead. And it's the kind of game yesterday, Patch, for me that if Alex Scott is in that game with what Alex Scott can do and breaking the lines and just is the way he glides and moves the ball, Alex Scott, we probably easy seven it, but we probably do win that game with Alex Scott in there because he's just so different, and um, that's that's the bit, isn't it? That yeah, if we keep him, brilliant. Yeah, and I'm using lots of sporting analogies in today's podcast, but a, a golfing analogy for you now, Matt. Clubs in the bag. Um, obviously, you use different clubs for different shots, but is it a case of we set the team up different formation personnel against all these very different teams in the championship? Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't know how Nigel works in terms of um, do do you look at the opposition and and sort of set your team up on that or do you set your team up how you want to play and the opposition have to you know match that or, or do whatever but you're right you've got to have those options and and again goes back to the, the the point we've made right at the start we have got quality in every position now so you've got those options to be able to change things around campering and hayden roberts are different yeah hayden can go forward with the ball but he's 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 more of a, a passer and a technical player than cam's bombing on, you know, and that's not to say Cam hasn't got the qualities because he has. Um, so I, I do think it's, it feels to me we've got a much rounder squad this season than we probably had for a good few seasons. So if we can get everybody back fit, um, you know, we're talking, we, we've got Rob to come back in, but we've got Eamon Benarouche to come in as well, who Eamon was probably a player that as a youngster, we were talking about more than we were as Alex Scott as a youngster. You know, he was that good. Very true. Um, and as, as obviously suffered with a couple of bad injuries. So with Eamon coming back in, that gives you a different option as well in there. So, um, yeah, it's not it's not doom and gloom by any stretch of the imagination. We know we've got real quality to come back in. Yeah. Brian, did you like my golf golf bag analogy there? You've got your yeah, putters, you've got your... <laughs> I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I think we'll we'll probably we have we've got an identity now. I think that's that's key yeah. for the club, and I mean an identity from the academy all the way through to the first team. So we have that, which is really key for us going forward. So I think we will we will we won't change too much on how we want to play. 
against opposition. They, as we said, they'll have to change to 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 stop us. But the personnel can change. And yeah. as we've talked about, like, the, the different players, aren't they? Like Sykes is different to Corny. Mamet different to Belly. Um, Wells and Tommy are different. Yeah. You know, we've got different players in every position. So I, I think our identity won't change, but the personnel might for the games that suit them more than the others, maybe. Okay, right. Oxford on Wednesday. Uh, do we expect changes? Do we expect opportunities for the likes of Wiles Richards, maybe for Raf, uh, etc.? Do you notice I use the word Raf rather than trying to pronounce? We need to get him on just so that he can give the correct pronunciations. I don't know. I've seen a media pundit that can say it correctly first time around. Yeah, a Roy A, and he's been. Really impressive preseason, I'll say as well. Same with with Harry Leeson. The youngsters again have stood up in, in preseason. They've looked really good. I think we need to to get in the rhythm of playing the game now. I think. That, yeah. And another point is because of the the pitch renovation and the pitch being done, we've not played a game at Ashton Gate. Yeah, which is really unusual for a for a preseason to not play at least one game at yeah. your stadium. So that's Rob Dickey and. Um, and ninety yesterday playing at a stadium they've not played it. Yeah, true. So I think I think it's um it's 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 not an excuse by any stretch, but I think the lads will will want to play out there again on on Wednesday and get that feel of of this is home and this is how we're gonna play here. Yeah. We didn't make many changes, I don't think, last season, actually. No, we didn't it, no. um at Wickham not Wickham, sorry, Coventry at Burton. Um <laughs> admittedly Tommy kind of came in and that's when his story sort of really started, didn't it? But you know, it was it was a very much a first team sort of um, starting eleven that night, wasn't it? So yeah, I, I'd be surprised if there were too many. Um, you know, you, you, want, you want to get on a run, don't you? As we've talked about, Matt, I think if you made four changes, it wouldn't weaken the team. Absolutely not. No, no, you're right, and that's the difference, Brian. Yeah, yeah. You, so yeah. You, so you could actually Hayden Roberts could easily come in for Cam. Yeah. Um, and Sykesy for for Harry Cornet, but yeah, you, you're still talking about a strong eleven, aren't you? It's not a, um, and it must be, and you know, you know it yourself, Brian, from everything you've done in the game. But for nice to be able to turn around and look at that bench and think, right, yeah, there we go. We're not we're not weakening. We're making that change. That's what we've got to you know strive towards in it and keep that going. And I think he's really happy with that. And as I said yeah. before, if you if you look back yesterday and, and Ross McCrory and Cal Naismith were on there instead of the two young boys centre off. Yeah. That is a really, really strong yeah. And then Alex Scott comes back. And then you get Rob Atkinson back in a bit. Then you've got Eamon Benson, as you said. That is a really good, strong set of players. And you've got two for two there who are going to have to fight to get in the team. Yeah. So Wednesday is not just an FA Cup game against Oxford. It's a chance for somebody to go and cement themselves back in the team if they didn't start Saturday. Yeah, so yeah. If Sykes starts or Tommy starts or Mameti starts, go on then. Yeah. Do it on Wednesday and then now you just and then think see what happens Saturday. That. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's the sort of competition. I think the and the important thing is the squad understand that. Yeah. They understand that they're all together. I don't think many people are going to play 46 games this season. Yeah. I think so much competition. I think um there's going to be you're going to have to play well to stay in the team constantly. Yeah. It's a good which is a good thing to have. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Cool. Right, Brian, just want to touch on uh, Dylan Kaji and Seb Palmer-Holden, both out on loan. Um, how will they be monitored? Obviously, we've had you on years gone by in the podcast when you were that sort of uh, player pathway manager looking after the loan. So is there yeah. someone in that position now? How does that work? 
Yeah, Matthew, Matty Hewlett's there now. I, I brought Matty in when I become the academy director. Um, he was then doing the scouting for us. And then when I've moved into this position, I've, um, I've put Matty into the player pathway now. So he was at um, Forest Green yesterday to see Dylan Kadji come on. I think it was a 66 minute. I think he came on. So Matty was messaging me saying, Kadji's on. I'm going to go to Newport on Tuesday. They've got Charlton in the cup. So I'll go and have a look at, uh, at Seb. I had a message from the... The manager saying Seb's doing really well and he played well yesterday and could have had a couple of goals. He had a couple of chances. So, yeah, we'll be monitoring them closely because it's important. They've they've gone there for a reason. They've gone to get that bit of experience. They're both 19 years of age. So, yeah, we're hoping to gain some really good experience there. I know we know Dave Horseman really well. We know Lewis Carey really well. So, yeah, uh, Dylan's in good hands there. Horse wants to play with a, um, a real intensity and a real high press. High press, so it suits Dylan Kadji what Dylan needs to to learn. So it's a perfect loan for him. So we're really pleased with them too. Brilliant, no, good to hear. Obviously, we've got three, four weeks left now of the of the transfer window. Obviously, all the fans desperately want to hold on to to Alex Scott. Um, can you envisage any more outgoings or incomings? No, I'd be happy if it was exactly how it is now. I think everybody here would be really happy. Let's close the window now, then, Matt. Can you get that? Closed? Yeah, I mean, I do, I do, th- and and we we don't know, and I and I wouldn't, wouldn't put Brian on the spot, but we don't know. There's loads of press talking. This has been offered, and Wolves have come in with this, and Bournemouth have come in with this. What seems to be consistent from from what you're hearing from from Brian and from Nigel is, we've got a figure for Alex Scott. If you meet that figure, then fine, we can discuss it. And but if you don't, there's no discussion. And I think as fans. That's what we want. You know, I, I I absolutely believe Alex Scott is worth every penny of 25 million now. And we'll go on. When, when um, and I never get his name right, is Darren McCantney, the, the Peterborough owner, chairman. He was on Talk Sports saying about it, that, that Alex Scott could absolutely be a Jack Grealish 100 million pound player in seasons to come. Nige came in and I think within his first sort of season, saying that he will go on and play for England. You know, you can see it straight away. When people in the game are talking about it like that, other fans are going, 25 million for a lad like that? It's like, you need to see him. So for me, if if we keep that stance, if a club come in and pay that, great. I suppose listening to Nige yesterday saying that the wages as they are doesn't necessarily mean if Alex does go for that, that we get anybody in because we're at the level we are. Um, that probably is a bit of a concern because... You've, you know, we talked about having the quality there. If you lose someone of Alex's quality, you do want to see someone come in. But if we keep him, absolutely happy days. You know, I, I think, again, pre-season, in the way I saw a difference with a Tommy Conway from the season before to the start of last season, Alex Scott in pre-season seems to have been pushed a bit further forward, got on the ball far more in, in more offensive areas. He hit the bar three he times could, in one game, it, didn't he? He could be absolutely frightening for us this season. And, you know, you, you talk about, 25 million if Alex Scott stays and starts the league season as he's been showing in pre-season and you can talk about the quality of opposition and you've still got to be on the ball it doesn't matter whether you're facing me he's still got to get the ball passed and put it in a lot easier but I think Alex Scott you could be talking about 30 million 40 million come January because he's he could have absolutely fly so yeah I, I, I personally hope we keep him in we don't get a 25 million bid Definitely want to keep if, I was right. working, if I was working, if I was working at a Premier League club now, I'd go and pay twenty-five million for Alex Scott like that. Yeah, it just seems 
yeah, and, 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 well, no brainer. I mean, if you've seen any of the, the footage, and what I really loved, um, I was at Portsmouth, and and actually, I didn't think from what I've seen of Alex play, I didn't think Alex had his most influential game there. He showed his, his but some of the the comments I've seen from Portsmouth fans talking about what a privilege it was to see Alex Scott playing and how he's going to go on, and I think we get a little bit some of our fans talking about yeah but in terms of assists and goals in and because you're watching him week in week out we're probably more hypercritical other fans see him for the first time and think wow what a player um so yeah he's um i will be really surprised if a club doesn't come in especially with the prem season starting is it next weekend or yeah um a couple of teams if they have a couple of sort of results that don't go in the prem league the pressure's immediately on Alex Scott could be a cheap 25 million, can he? So, yeah. The thing is, Mike, he's 19 years of age. Yeah, I know. And we forget yeah. that, Brian, because of how many games he's played. Yeah. And we see players, when they get to 20, 21, how they improve and how... Well, we've seen Cam bring it 26. Yeah. How he's yeah. improved massively. So, the, the improvement in the and there's still more to come from Alex Scott is, yeah. is scary, really, because he's yeah. such a boy. But yeah. let's... Um, yeah, Brian, so level-headed, talk, isn't he? Talking about uh, assists and goals, it's it's in the the modern game. It's more about sort of key contributions and even even off the ball running, all those intelligent moves that a player like Alex Scott would make to make space for someone else. So those sort of assists and goal stats aren't always the full story. No, he's a top young player. He's a top yeah. top young player, and he's got so much more to come. So you're talking on Alex Scott now. You imagine at twenty four. Yeah, you know he he could be absolutely anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great stuff. Okay, thank you very much, Brian, for coming on the podcast this morning. It's a point on the board. We'll roll on to Oxford on Wednesday and then up to Millwall on on Saturday. Um, I'm at it's, good result for it? them yesterday away at Borough. That was a, a bit of a surprise, I thought. Yeah, um, there was a few in there yesterday, weren't they? Um, Plymouth getting a good win as well. So just shows it. We we all know the championship is a tough league, but yeah, great to be back, and I can't I can't wait to go again Wednesday and then uh, coach four for Millwall on Saturday because I don't like leaving my car in <laughs> in and around Millwall. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Right, good stuff. Brian, um, as always, thanks for everything you do for yeah. the club. And uh yeah, let's uh, let's hope it continues and and we can only we can only get better. Yeah, stay positive. There's lots of Yeah, people. absolutely. Yeah. This is a this is a talented squad. This yeah. is a talented squad, isn't it? We, we'll get better than yesterday, don't worry about that. Look where Coventry were after however many games last season and where they finished, you know. So yeah, no, absolutely. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. I uh, hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. Uh, check us out over on Twitter at 3PIAPC. And we'll be back probably Thursday. Take care, everyone. Thanks, Tins. Thanks, lads. Lovely to see you. You too. I'm drifting along it's a one-way road Just like the tumbleweed Or a standing stone City call. I find myself on another bar stone. Taking the time to think and breathe. 
Turning into a whiskey fool. 